Brothers and sisters, greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's great to be here in our midst again. And just like what Pastor Mike have just stated, we are the second last, all right? The second last of the entire First John sermon series. Now, I'm sure many of you are blessed by the sermon series. If you are blessed, can I see you wave your hand? Uh, if you're online, please give me a thumbs up also, right? I'm, I'm sure many of you are blessed uh, with uh, Pastor Mike's message, uh, some of the speakers that were invited by Pastor Mike himself. Uh, some of you, uh, some of it, uh, some of them are like in the lights of uh, Pastor Wan, uh, Pastor Jesslyn, uh, myself. And as this is the second last of the message series, I only have one wish. I only have one hope. And that hope is that Hopefully, during this message and the last message that will be delivered by Pastor Mike, hopefully the message that we are delivering will propel you not only just to listen to the word, but also to practice what you have heard. Now, in the earliest chapter, in chapter 4, many of you have heard, right? Most of you heard it time and again on the message of love, correct? Now, from Pastor Mike's sermon uh, on God's love and how the love is made complete in us, to Pastor Jesslyn's message on abiding in God's perfect love, right? The entire chapter 4, we keep seeing the message of love revolving again and again. But when we start reading the beginning of chapter 5, the scripture suddenly presents a different message. Suddenly, we see John talking about keeping God's commandment, which later on goes on to talk about the testimony of God the Father himself, about Jesus being the Son of God. So what is this all about? Now, is it because John is pressed for time? Ayah, you know, like in exam, no more time already. Need to quickly finish up. Ah, whatever I want to write, I just write. Lah, huh? Write everything up. Or, is this message that I will be presenting to you in line with the message of love. I'm sure all of you are curious. Therefore, let's not waste time, but let's dive in straight into the Word of God because the title of my message today is Changing the World with the Love of Christ. Changing the World with the Love of Christ. Now, good to see a lot of you are back in physical service. Uh, also love to see those of you that are joining us for online. And uh, if you know me, I'm a person that loves to engage. I like to interact with my crowd. Therefore, uh, let me do some activities with you. So when I say changing the world, can I hear you say with the love of Christ? Can? Wow, so tam. None of you want to change the world. Hello, please. Uh, can we change the world? Can I? Uh? Can. Amen. Oh, changing the world? Not very convinced. Uh, you sure with the love of Christ or not? Again, changing the world. Changing the world. Very good. Now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you, upholding ourselves into your loving hand. Lord, I'm sure this is a timely message. This is a message that Lord, you want for us. Not only you want us to listen, but I'm sure, God, you want the practical side of things which is to practice your love unto others. Therefore, Lord, as we come before you, I pray that, Lord, 
may you anoint me, anoint the lips, so that whatever that I say, whatever that is going to be delivered, it will, it will be from you and from you alone. And I pray whoever that has heard it, they will store it in their hearts, O oh God, just like a seed. And this seed will grow into a tree that will bear fruits. Thank you, Jesus. Be with us throughout the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's first look at the scripture that we will be expounding today. 1 John chapter 5, 1 to 12. Let me read it to you. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is that overcome? Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Christ is the Son of God? This is He who, come, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree. If we receive the testimony of man, then the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. Verse 11, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now, I've just given you a background on chapter 4, and the entire chapter 4, you keep reading about love. In fact, last line of chapter 4 talks about how John asks us that we should love one another, love your brothers and sisters. Then suddenly, starting verse 1, John suddenly jumps in and says, you know, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, has been born, on, has been born of God. Now, when we read the first part, uh, we can be easily confused. First off, we will be wondering, is John entering a new message? And if John is not entering into a new message, then how does this relate to the last line of chapter 4? Now, because this is a letter, uh, cannot be got segregation, lah, right? like God, chapter 1, chapter 2, then chapter 2 jump into a different topic. It has to be in sync, correct? So like I write a letter to my girlfriend, I won't write, hello, how are you? Then suddenly, I owe people money. Then suddenly, like, oh, there are credit card bills to be paid. You know, the, the entire thing just don't gel. So you have to read it just like a letter. And if it is a letter that gels, so it means there must be connection. So, if there is connection, then one must ask, how does love relate? 
And more importantly, in the first part of the chapter 5, uh, you've been reading about not only John talks about love, John also talks about keeping God's commandment. Now, when we talk about commandment, this thing becomes even more confusing, right? Because it is very hard for us to comprehend how love and commandment actually tie hand in hand, correct? The moment we talk about the word commandment itself, it becomes something very impersonal, all right? It becomes like a set of rules that we ought to follow. And it is hard for us to really associate the word love with the word commandments. In fact, the moment we associate those two, something so romantic, such as the word love, can turn to be something so impersonal when we read it alongside with the word commandments. Now let me just show you some of the illustration on how impersonal that could be. Uh, let's just look at the lines that I've prepared. The first one, next. We love because we are commanded. I imagine if I were to tell this to my girlfriend, balik lah, tak jadi ni. <laughs> Correct? Imagine your girlfriend, my girlfriend asks me, Hey, Nick, why you love me? Ah? I love you because I'm commanded. <laughs> then you can go back. <laughs> Correct? <right? laughs> then, if I were to answer, it is because we are commanded to love. Jesus asked me to love, therefore I choose to love you. <laughs> also not very convincing. Correct? Now, it sounded as if it is much more of a task than something that comes from the heart. Make sense? Make sense? Nod your head. I cannot see those online. Huh? Maybe you can nod your head also, those online. <laughs> right? But, but I am of the position to think that this is not entirely true. Why? It's because if only I were to revise those lines into lines such as this. Let's click next. The commandments teach me how to love. Or, the commandments are a form of love. Or some, become something hard to comprehend at times also, right? Wow, commandments is a form of love, ah. Can you imagine, like I tell you, oh, the laws in Malaysia, actually, it's a form of love. <laughs> a form of love from the government unto you. <laughs> right? Even the lawyers are laughing. How lah? <laughs> uh, some of the lawyers, will, uh, future lawyers will agree. <laughs> well, the commandments are a form of love. <laughs> right? Seems very hard to comprehend. Seems very hard to comprehend. When I keep reading this chapter, I'm telling you, I struggle. <laughs> for, for the first time in my life, I've never run through the scripture again and again for three weeks, trying to find the connection. Even with the help of commentaries, Oh, what is John trying to deliver here? What is John trying to mix here? 
And, and there are commentaries that tells you very good uh, doctrine, but I'm not convinced for some points. But when I reread at it, and if I believe that the entire, gel, uh, the entire letters gel, it is of one message, I start to look at what John is saying, it's something that it's different. John is now asking us not to love one another for the sake of observance of the commandment. Right? Actually, uh, if you want to love others uh, for the sake of commandment, it's quite easy one. Just do unima. Right? But if you really dive deep down and wanting to love the brother and sister just like how you love your husband or your wife or your spouse, or well, that becomes very hard already, right? It means that you have to put in effort. It means that you have to put in your time. There are so much things that you have to do. And while there is certain truth to it that we are commanded to love, in essence, I think what John is presenting it's that God's love, surprisingly, it's revealed through His commandment. I repeat again, God's love, it's revealed through His commandments. And in return, keeping God's commandment is the reflection of our love to Him. Look at this sentence again and again, let it sink in a bit. Right? God's love is revealed through His commandment. And in return, keeping God's commandment is a reflection of our love to Him. When we read the Ten Commandments, we see it as a form of rules and laws to govern how we should live our life. But we didn't see it in the context that these are the laws that God gave it to you to show you how much He loves you and cherish you in hope that you will be perfected in love. The commandments are not a set of rules, but His love unto us, Right? Now some of you, the elder, the elderly, you know, sometimes you see certain parents uh, bring their kids out to the shopping mall uh, and they just don't care their kids, uh, their kids lie on the floor, uh, rolling on the floor. The first comment you have is like, wow, oh, the parents all uh, don't know how to take care of their children. One. Then you say to the children, the children, this one, why would you say things like that? It's because you felt that the parents don't actually care for the children's well-being, correct? But what if there are certain set of rules to govern the children for the sake of wanting to develop the children to be a better one? Now, does that mean that you know, the parents are just setting a set of laws for the children to abide? Or is it done out of love? I think what John is trying to present is this. That let us not see whenever we say about commandments to reflect it as if it is a set of rules that God has given us to follow. 
but it's a set of guidelines on how we can experience His love better. Yeah? So then you might ask, okay, I get you. What does this got to do with your message changing the world? Now simple. This is because God's commandment, which is also His love, is the key in changing the world. God's commandment, which is also His love, is the key to changing the world. The very word changing means that there is something wrong. Thus, something needs to be done in order to rectify the wrong. Correct? Now, just last night, after we have served in Sungai Long Church uh, with a group, with a team, a mission trip uh, team from Sarawak in Sungai Long, just as we are about to go back, Suddenly, we saw one of uh, the church members' tire punctured. Then immediately, uh, last night, I'm grateful uh, to have in the lights of Brandon, uh, Christopher, uh, uh, Kelvin uh, was there, and, and to help to change the tire. All right? And, and this simple act of changing the tire suddenly enlightened me and it's taught me like, you know, three lessons that I can learn from it. Uh, the entire incident of the, the car tires punctured into changing the tire. First one is that there is an issue, uh, right? The issue is the tires punctured. Oh? The second thing is someone needs to do it. Uh. You cannot expect the tire puncture then miraculously after pray. Tomorrow the tire becomes okay. Right? Doesn't make sense, man. Then thirdly, in order to change the tire requires a lot of effort. Especially you can ask them, uh, you, those of them who go gym also struggling, wanting to open up the nuts, uh, they've been jumping la on top of it la, using hand la, do this, do that la. I think we easily spend close to an hour, hour ish just to deal with that few nuts that has not been loosened. But through this, I've learned something. I learned that, you know, just like the world that we are living in, I think all of us will agree there's something wrong with the world that we're living in, right? Correct or not? I think some of the elders will agree with me. You know, some of the things that is not acceptable in the past, huh? suddenly this era, everything okay permissible. Alright? Let me just give you a simple example. Just two words. Gay priest. I could have never imagined that it's permissible. There, there, there are no way I could have think this would be allowed. Now, I'm not criticizing the gay community. Nor am I looking down at them. Right, I have served alongside with Pastor Trifina in PLUC, the organization, to deal with the homosexual, transsexual, and bisexual cases. And it does sadden us to see the rises of these cases even among the Christian community. Right? We don't view it like crazy. Uh, no? The way how me and Pastor Trifina views it is like, you know, 
just like how some of us will sin by watching porn. Right? So we treat it, you know, it's, it's sad. But we could never understand how could a church institution accept things like that. Right? Can you imagine if today I'm telling you, uh, this is a pastor that has 10 wives, been sleeping around, and I'm preaching to you. No, I'm not equating gay as being something like that, but I'm just trying to show you, you know, the one standing on stage is supposed to be as righteous as one could be, as he is the vessel for the Lord to be used. I cannot see how this is permissible. In the past, it, was it would never be passed. But in your current era, it seems permissible. Or even the legalize of drugs usage. Right. Drugs, you all see marijuana, see, you know, uh, in the lights of heroin, uh, something huge, right? But, you know, if you've been to colleges, you see college students smoke weed like nobody business one. <laughs> I, I don't understand also, but it seems to be that practice. And I attended college 10 years ago. <laughs> and 10 years ago, I've been seeing this like normal. I don't know what is in this day and age. Right? This used to be taboo, but now it seems to be very normal. While we are being, while we, being able to recognize the problem is one thing. One still need to take action, correct? It's easy for us to spot all this problem. I can tell you a million problems that is happening in this world. right? And all of you will have agreed. But only looking at the problem will remain a problem. Correct? And someone needs to take action. And that's why in my second point I say, someone's, someone needs to do it. Somebody got to do it. Somebody got to fix it. Now just imagine back you know, in the changing tire incident. I could have just saw that uncle struggling changing tire and just walk off. <laughs> because it's in the dark, I just need to walk inner a bit. He wouldn't have spotted me passing by him. I'll just drive my car, I'll go home so that I can prepare my sermon today. I got very reason why no, I want to go back early. Right? Wait, I need to deliver a message this morning. Eh? Shouldn't I get myself prepared? Correct or not? I have very valid reason. And honestly, you know, yesterday when Brandon was following me, I need to send him to pick up his car. I told him this, I said, you know, honestly, we could easily walk off from the entire incident. I'm sure other people will help, right? Let's expect, let's assume other people will come down and help, right? We could just go home. But I say my ministry philosophy is this. If the Lord causes me to see the need, then I don't see why I should shy away from addressing it, no matter how troublesome it would be. And this leads me to the last point 
efforts are required. Just ask Chris or Kelvin, uh, how much they sweat yesterday just to... <laughs> it's hard work, you know. <laughs> it's really hard work. I see them struggling. Uh, I also feel bad, you know, as a pastor standing aside like consultant. Uni. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what to do. Not that I can't help, but all the big size guys are there. <laughs> Alright? So, I'm like, oh... I see them, wow, so many hard work to a point that Chris even injured himself in the process. Alright? But, after changing it, it's satisfying. Well, to see all the hard work being put into it and we are able to help someone to change his tire, his tire, actually, we feel very happy at the end of the day. I don't know why we are celebrating like Malaysia won 10, 20 medals like that. <laughs> we must be a bunch of crazy people huh? happy because we can change tyre I don't see God like <laughs> there are plenty of people I think yesterday easily got 10 people looking at that tyre being changed right but yes my brothers and sisters just like the changing of tyres requires effort changing the world requires effort too not only efforts sacrifice are to be made also in the current world that we are living, it is true that we are constantly presented with different issues and problems. In fact, multitudes of problems in the society. But yet, in chapter, in chapter 5, verse 4 to 5, John said this, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Therefore, my brothers and sisters, it is my privilege to tell you that you and I are actually the agent of change. Yahoo! Are you all happy? No, no, you're not happy. None of you want to change, huh? Okay, I can see that. Are you happy to be the agent of change? Hmm, sure. <laughs> I would understand why you are you hesitant to say that. <laughs> because honestly, there are a lot of things needed to be done and there are a lot of sacrifices required. But my friends, in this loveless world, you and I are presented with the best weapon in the world in order to make that change. And that weapon, or that too, it's the love of God. Amen? But, here's another problem. What's the problem? The problem is that you say about love, huh? everyone also got their own definition of love one. Correct? My definition of love is this. My definition of love is that. In fact, uh, not only in our time, uh, we are faced with people wanting to give their own say. John's time also got like that. All right? In fact, if you read into the background, when John was writing this letter, the church was facing false teaching everywhere. False teaching is rampant. And that is why we read the last seven verses, uh, verse, verse 6 onwards to verse 12, uh, 
you see why John has to reiterate that Jesus is the Son of God. We actually are, uh, the four chapters before, uh, already say a lot of times already. But in chapter 5, uh, before he gives his last salutation, uh, he still want to address it. I don't know what you think. You know, it's like, you still don't think Jesus is the Son of God. Uh. What do you want to testify? You heard the testimony of man, right? Okay. Now what, what if I tell you? You, you give me... You know, you took Tai Di, I took Tong Fa Sun, right? I give a bigger card, right? You tell me, wow, you got, I'll give you Royal Flush just to show you who's bigger. God is bigger. Oh, if you think God is bigger, then God's testimony must be valid. And yet, when God's testimony should be valid, why aren't we adhering? Why aren't we listening? Back then, some of them have seen how Jesus died for them. Huh? They can still try to justify, uh, maybe Jesus not fully human. Some of them felt, oh, Jesus uh, actually is a normal man. Uh, got the spirit inside. Uh, the moment crucified, the spirit left already. So a normal human died. Sometimes I also don't know what logic they have. Uh. Then what about the resurrection? The spirit suddenly reappear back, fill them back. Still, there are people like that that believe back then. And that's why John has to present all this truth. And why is it important for us to tie God's truth to love? Why is it important for me to tell you, in love, there should be truth? This is because the definition of man cannot be justified because man got flaw. Man themselves are not perfect, right? Therefore, you see uh, some of the non-so-moral people uh, will say, you know, uh, actually, uh, tonight, uh, if you are sleeping with me, uh, it's a form of love. Wow. Sure. Right? That is more of you taking advantage rather than love. Uh. Right? Why would I say that? Simple, uh. Because the love I know requires sacrifices. The love that I know requires effort. Right? Therefore, if man cannot define what is love, only God can define love. Why? Because God himself is love. So what is the definition of love? Simple law. The words that we all love to read law about love. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. A lot of people know Right? But what I want to bring your focus is this, is the last line. It does not rejoice us at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. If you read the entire verse 4 to verse uh, 7, uh, 6, sorry, you will get to see love is something that you have to bear and it's constantly giving effort. You're constantly working at it, right? The, the first line itself already tells love is patient. I cannot be patient one day, don't patient another day, right? <laughs> okay, today I patient two hours. Huh? After the two hours, I don't be patient. And you say love is patient. Cannot be, right? So if it's a constantly working thing, it requires a lot of effort in order for us to love. And 
the love that Paul is presenting here are telling us that love is not self-gain, requires us to put in a lot of effort, but at the same time, it still ties in with the truth. Now, you may say to me, Nick, now you tell me love, this love very hard. Someone asked me to go be an agent of change. How to change? But like I say, without hardship, without suffering, it's very hard for us to say we love someone, right? Love cannot be just mere feelings, but love should be something that requires us to make sacrifices. Now, some of you know, just about a few days ago, I went over to Singapore to meet my girlfriend to celebrate her birthday. Right? Wow. Okay, I don't know why you're interested in my personal life. Anyway, so on my last day, uh, I asked her, you know, hey, if you're happy with the entire arrangement, uh, with all the things that I've arranged throughout that few days. And she said she was happy and touched. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Huh? I passed the test already. But then she added something. She said, but she felt my pain. I said, what for pain? Say, for you, a Malaysian, to come over to Singapore to spend, huh? everything's times 3.25. <laughs> Uh, my, there are 100 there, I have to pay 325 ringgit in order to match their 100 ring, $100. Say, so, wow, very painful, eh? eat a simple meal. Ah. Wow, in Malaysia, seems very bearable. Ah. Go to Singapore, ah, not very bearable. <laughs> in fact, the currency, the currency exchange was very high at that point. So then I say, jokingly, you know, but I do mean it, uh, I say, I say in return, ah, then you love me more, Lord. That is how you can repay me. Ah. <laughs> but when I reflect, so when I say that after I come back to Malaysia, when I reflect, I say in jokingly, while I was preparing this, right, then suddenly I thought, hey, it is true eh, that I need to make a lot of sacrifices. You know, coming back, I need to pay a lot of my debt, so I know it's not like as if I can write off my debt, uh, I got my sister to help me to pay off my debts, uh, you know. I still have to pay, right? But that sacrifices that I made, is worth it. Why? It's because I don't do it it's so that she needs to repay me. I do it it's because I love her, right? Just like how some of you would do special things for your spouse or partner. You do it because you love them. And that's why I think, you know, love becomes very edifying. Why? While I make the sacrifice to treat her, to lavish her, she in turn will be grateful and will love me in return without me saying anything. Therefore, loves become very mutual, very spurring. You no, know, we are constantly spurring one another to love each other better, Right? And what more? Christ's love on the cross. Christ's love on the cross presents to us the ultimate sacrifice and love for us. And because of his great big love, shouldn't we be attracted to his love? Wouldn't we want to do our best and to show our commitment unto him? 
Now, does it require effort? Definitely. Uh, there is no shortcut to it. Sorry. Yeah. But just like your relationship with your other half, which you don't expect them to repay you, God, the perfect God, also didn't expect you to return a favour back to Him. And to make it better, when times that we fail Him, He still is faithful to wait for us to return. Being such a gracious God to a point that when we fail Him time and again and still willing to accept us back, uh, I sometimes don't understand why don't we love Him as much as we should. And when I reflect that, you know, at times I feel guilty also, even as a pastor. God's love to us should change us and motivate us to bring His love unto the community. Because He loves us, He definitely will give you giftings, definitely will give you strength to partner with Him. But these gifts and strength cannot remain just in us without us using it. Because God loves us so much and despite us failing, still accepted us, I think we should be touched by His love and should be motivated by His love in order to bring back this love back to the people around us. Last example, uh, last love personal life example. Uh, you like to listen to that, right? I think you're more interested with that than my sermon. <laughs> when I went to Universal Studio this round, my girlfriend is someone that don't like chill rides. Way before, uh, before I even land at Singapore, when I already purchased ticket to USS, the first thing she tell me is this. If you want to go for this, what blue ride, red rides, uh, please go on your own. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot bear with it. One. I'm like, sure, don't worry. Lah. Actually, I also don't want to go. Takan, I go alone. Like, hello. Then she's like, no, lah, no, you should go, you should go. I say, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. We'll just walk around, we'll take pictures. That's fine with me. Then one point, she suddenly just say, let's test out this ride. Oh, sudden. I say, hey, this right looks quite thrilling. Leh. Even I, I <laughs> looking at it, uh, seems dangerous also. It's like, no, 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 no. Should be okay, one, should be okay. I'm like, are you sure? And she entered the ride with me. And the ride was thrilling. Even I am afraid. <laughs> I was squeezing her hand as much as she is squeezing my hand. <laughs> wow, like. You tell me it's not scary, but yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. So then, when I see that, right, then I'm like, wow. I knew she do it because she don't want me to miss out certain things. She did it out of love. She did it out of love. Right? And in the same manner, in the same manner, shouldn't we do the same thing for our Lord? Despite you not liking it despite you not liking it. And all the more what the Lord loves is to see the lost returning to Him. Eh? <laughs> These are not true rights. Eh? <laughs> Alright? 
and yet we don't we don't see we don't we see things for our from our partner, but we don't see things when we talk about God. God becomes very high up there. Uh, don't worry, God got a lot of resources. He will know how to settle himself. Uh, God just need me, need me to come on Sunday to pay a bit tribute, uh, bow down to him a bit, worship him a bit, that's it. But we don't see it out of love one, no? So can I challenge you this? Especially those of you who are married, who have a partner, who have dated before. Please look at your God the same way as how you will look at your spouse. Believing that this love actually is something that the Lord seeks from you. And if we are motivated by love, whatever commandments that He gives, it's nothing. Because you do it out of love. The mission field is a huge field. Sometimes it's very easy for us to lose ourselves in it. To say, wow, so huge, how to achieve? What can one man do? Correct? But I love what Pastor Daniel Hall said last week about how if each Christian were to play their part can bring about a change. Now just imagine, uh, let's just assume today we've got 50 people here. Let's just assume, all right? I don't know the figures. Let's just assume there are 50 people here, all right? And if each one of us just commit one thing only, not even hard, one year, 365 days, of all the 365 days, you bring one friend to Christ. Hey, it's one over 365. Eh? Quite easy, right? Day one cannot, day two, uh, day three cannot, day three. Uh, you got 365 chances. Provided you only do one invitation one day, one, once a day. We got 365 chances, right? And say, all of you succeeded. Right? Each of you managed to bring one at the end of the year. By the end of the year, you have 100 people. Same cycle, repeat. Next year, you have 200 people. Same cycle, repeat. The following year, you have 400 people. Same cycle, repeat. The following year, you have 800 people. More than all the three language services already. All three languages combined. No? By the fifth year, you will have 1,600 people. You have 3,200% fold, 3,200% growth. 32 times four increase there. Eh? If only we were to do our part, one person, one year. Sometimes I, I've been thinking, seems very simple. <laughs> Don't seem very hard, right? But we don't know what to do, ma. We don't know how to do, ma. But I learned, I think if we were to make impact like that, change were about to come. Just simple, last week, Pastor Daniel Hall came. He said something, he touches my heart, immediately I acted out already. He talks about him being at Singapore, meeting this taxi driver, Eventually preaching to the taxi driver. Oh man, on my last day when I was taking that taxi, uh, <laughs> I was so convicted to do the same. It's like, oi, Pastor Daniel already reminded you, I better do it. Travel, still got 20 minutes left before airport. How to share uh, 20 minutes? I don't dare. Uh. 
10 minutes left. Don't that. I have God, if you give me more time, I will share. I tell you, God is very faithful one. Very faithful. The taxi driver, uh, marvellous. Follow the ways, right? Suddenly, don't know, go to this terminal. Then this terminal suddenly jam. Stand still, you know. Cannot move, you know. Then they are looking at... Then the taxi driver look at me. I've never experienced this. I wanted to say, I know why this is happening. <laughs> so I used the whatever time I have. I just say something simple. I didn't say something amazing. I didn't say, oh, starting uh, in the beginning, Adam and Eve. Yada, yada, yada. No. I just do something very simple. I say, it took you a lot of trouble you know, to send me here. And you only earn that little. Right? Because you go by, I really paid the fee, right? Your fee won't increase just like meter, you know. So I think you're at a disadvantage. I say, I'm sorry for all this trouble. And I'm a pastor in a church. I just want to tell you, I think God is telling me that He loves you as much as He loves me. And this is just some small token. I take whatever change I have, about $20. Sing dollar. I say, this is not much. But I think God is telling me to bless you. I just want to give you that. That's it. I say, God bless you. I hope you have a good day. I just pass it to him. And the taxi driver just looked at me, stunned. You pay already? You pay already? I say, I know I pay already. This is extra. Extra? Why? God just want me to bless you. Really? Yes. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you too, huh? <laughs> and I just took my luggage and leave. Hey, what's so amazing about it? The person accept Christ or not, I also don't know eh. Correct or not? And what happened? I only attended that seminar because I heard what Pastor Daniel Ho said. I just practiced what I did. If only I can influence another one of you to do the same. Next year, there will be three Singaporean, Singapore, Singaporean taxi drivers receiving extra tips. <laughs> Correct? And if every time I were to do the same, it will just increase my faith to do the same, isn't it? Not only coming back, going there also. Correct or not? And that is my challenge to you. Sometimes when we think about changing the world, we are thinking about how to reach a population of 32 million how to make a change in Malaysia. Don't say Kuala Lumpur, Pun Sampa also hard already. But I think it's as simple as taking one step at a time. Let's just reach out one soul at a time with the love of Christ. Amen. In conclusion, the word that everyone loves, I hope that we learn that God's love is the greatest weapon that you and I have in our hand to bring about a change in this world. I am hoping that not only we know of His love, but I'm hoping that with our understanding of His love, I repeat, uh, it's our understanding of His love. Seeing the word uh, love, can be just like that. But to understand what God's love is, 
and to experience His love, the experiences that we have and the understanding that we have, hopefully will propel us to share His love unto the world and thus changing the world by saving one soul at a time. By saving one soul at a time. Can I invite all of you to stand with me? I know it's a heavy message. I know it's a lengthy message. As much as you struggle, <laughs> let me tell you, I struggle wanting to finish up this message also. But I cannot help to think, why am I struggling wanting to deliver such a simple message? I really cannot help to think, but... And with recent months, most of you knew, suddenly our church uh, go into this hyper-mission mood. Everything also about mission trip, la, mission trip after mission trip, la, mission trip after mission trip, la, then sharing of the mission trip members. La. In fact, very soon, the 4th of September, we are going to Guam Musang again. And this time around, we bring a huge crowd there. We are bringing 25 pe 24 people to the mission field. When the church only got like less than 40 people. Sounds crazy, you know. Sounds illogical. Why are so many people going to the mission field? And I think it's only simple. Because that is our calling. Simple is because we love them as much as we love our God. Simple as in we believe that as we partner with God, not only we are able to bring about a change in the land, more importantly, we will be changed. More importantly, we will be edified. God's economy uh, cannot understand one. I don't think any economist could have find out a model that God uses. Why? It's because the model just don't make sense. No matter how much you give, uh, God will never shortchange you. Uh. Ask any of the one, any ones that went through mission trip. Uh, they almost give their whole life and soul in the mission trip already. Go back uh, like zombie, tired. Tomorrow morning, wake up like there's nothing. Every day they are like that. But at every debrief, uh, they always say this, I think I take back more than what I have given in this field. And that's why I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to join me in this. I believe our church, it's called to do mission work. In fact, every church should be that. Let's expect, hopefully by next week, some of, the some of the chairs here will be filled. Oh, huge challenge. Where to find that friend to fill that chair? Find that taxi driver. Find that grab driver. Sounds ridiculous, you know? 
But you never know because of your action bringing that one grab driver, that grab driver bring another 10 grab driver over. I cannot guarantee you. Could be, could not be. But I only know if my I play my part, God is already happy with it already. Amen. So as we use this song as a form of prayer, I want nothing but just our dedication to our Lord. I hope every time if you were to sing this song again or to talk about worship, you understand worship in its entirety. And that worship is not merely singing of songs, raising your hands. Not just like what Pastor might have said. Worship is the offering of your love towards your lover up there. Amen. Can I ask you to raise your hand together and join me? Oh 
to see my sin upon that cross cause I never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross cause I never know how much it costs to see my sin the Lord and be saved and be saved so call upon the name of the Lord and be saved be saved and call upon the name of the Lord you to sing and this line I ask of you to reflect on this line while all of us are saved there are still plenty more out there that have not been saved reflecting on this line you know it's just as if it's just as if this line becomes our desperate call to the non-believers urging them to call upon the name of the Lord now you and I are Christians we have accepted Christ you have already called upon the name of the Lord and you are saved. But I think the purpose of this line when we sing this serves as a reminder for us that we should act. To act and ask others. To urge others and say, guys, girls, please call upon the name of the Lord. Please call upon the name of the Lord. 
because your salvation matters to me. I would want to see my family members saved. I want to see my friends being saved. This line isn't just a line for us to sing. But this line, it's a reminder for us that we should play our part to tell others to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. To tell others to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. And if you agree, can I ask you to raise your hand right now? Lord, these are the hands. These are the hands that have agreed to partner with you in this ministry. Lord, these are the hands that would say to their friends and to their relatives to ask them to call upon your name and to be saved, O oh Lord. Lord, in this journey, it might be hard for us, but God, we are asking you, may you fill us with your love the heart of compassion so that we will see them just as how you see them, O Lord. Lord, as much as we love them, O Lord, we know you love them even more. Because God, it is your ultimate heart to see them coming back, returning back to you. Therefore, God, I am asking of you to remember every hands that are raised. Lord, not only grant them the courage, the boldness, just as how, Lord, you have granted me the opportunity in Singapore, I pray you will grant the same opportunity to them. That at least, oh God, we will see each and every one of them that has raised their hand. By the end of this year, we will see them bringing one people to Christ because, Lord, they are intention is hoping to see their friends and relatives getting this salvation that we have gotten, oh Lord. Therefore, God, I, I am asking in earnestly that Lord in the days ahead may be hard there are a lot of efforts to be made a lot of sweats a lot of tears in the process but we know it's going to be worth it oh God because even with one soul saved the entire heaven rejoice let alone if each and every one of us who have raised our hand is able to bring our friends and relatives, our family members coming to you, Lord. Not only the heaven rejoice, those of us that, are, that is on earth will rejoice too, O Lord, because these are great news. These are great news, O God. I am praying that God, today will be the start of a new revival. Today will be a start where, Lord, we recognize not only we want to change, we will change. Not only we say we will change, we will put in effort to make that change, oh God. And we will do it one soul at a time. And God, I pray that you work with us a lot. That Lord, you will help us in the process, oh Lord. So that Lord, each time we see our friends coming to Christ, oh Lord, not only will edify us, oh God, our friends that are invited will be edified. And they too will make the same decision wanting to partner with you and I on this ministry to bring more of our friends and family members unto you. This is the mission that Lord you have given us. I pray that Lord you grant us strength to fulfill it. Thank you Lord Jesus. Remember every hands that are raised. Grant them the opportunity throughout the week. And I am praying, oh God, 
that there is someone in our midst that are earnest enough to heed this call, to answer this call, so that next week, oh God, so that next week, oh God, by faith we declare, Amen. we will have testimonies coming from it, oh God. Amen. By faith we declare, those who have earnestly answered your call will see the fruits of their effort, oh Lord. Lord, we are handing all these names, all these people into your loving hands. Hear our cry, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.